On today's episode, the Chicago Blackhawks made out like bandits during day one of the 2023 NHL draft. I'll break down how they got the best player and the best skater in the first round. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? Welcome on in to another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Today is Thursday, June 29th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And also, just a quick reminder that you could subscribe to the YouTube channel, for 100% free. You can also follow along wherever you may be listening to your podcast for 100% free as well. That sounds like a pretty good bargain if you ask me. Make sure to go and do that real quick, folks. It'll only take two seconds and it'll help me out tremendously. And also that way you can get the latest episode as soon as it becomes available each and every day. I also wanted to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Get the right price the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. All right, good afternoon, everyone, as always. Thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. Thank you all for making the show your very first listen here to start off your day. Last night, of course, was day one of the 2023 NHL draft, a day that all of us Blackhawks fans have been waiting for so anxiously these last few months. Uh, And what we are all hoping for is a night that we're going to remember for a long, long time and a night for the record books is on this night, on June 28th, 2023, the Chicago Blackhawks brought home Connor Bedard with the first overall selection in the 2023 NHL draft. Finally, we got to see it officially go down, watching Bedard walk up the runway, joining the Blackhawks brass on stage, taking the pictures, shaking all the hands, all the smiles on his face. Uh, it was a moment that we have been long waiting for and to see it all fold out in front of our very eyes. What a special day it was, Blackhawks fans. And as I as I reference, hopefully a day that'll be one for the ages, one for the record books, and hopefully the start of uh, something beautiful here in Chicago with Blackhawks hockey. And before I kind of get into everything, I, I did want to first mention just much respect and much credit to Connor Bedard for how he handled this entire process. You know, I thought he did it with much respect. He was never cocky or arrogant and you know while I'm sure even he did it was pretty known across the hockey world that he was going to be selected first overall Uh, he never gave any arrogant answers or anything he said you know he didn't want to get too far ahead of himself he didn't want to jinx it Um, and with you know he being one of the uh, top prospects that the game of hockey has ever seen there's a lot of pressure there and a lot of media in his face snapping pictures at all times and I thought he really handled it just marvelous, marvelously. So I uh, was really happy to see that out of Connor Bedard. And I also just have been all in all really impressed 
with Connor Bedard, the person. That's kind of the thing that really has stood out to me. And also I thought was very notable hearing from general manager Kyle Davidson, because while we all know that Bedard's a special level of talent, right? There's the comparisons with the shot of Austin Matthews, the creativity and the playmaking of Patrick Kane, uh, the generational talent words been thrown out there, the highlight reel maneuvers, uh, dancing through defenders, uh, wanting to make the biggest plays when it matters the most, all that good stuff. We're aware of what Connor Bedard brings to the table there. You can simply go and watch his highlights at every level he's ever played at. He's been absolutely exceptional and has uh, dominated the competition, even when he was just 17 years old playing at the U-20 World Juniors, a tournament that's filled with mostly 18 and 19 year olds. Uh, he was the best player in that tournament as well. So we know about all the on ice stuff for Connor Bedard, but I've been really impressed hearing about all of the uh, off the ice stuff as well. And just really how well he's handled himself. And I thought it was significant hearing um, general manager, Kyle Davidson say, you know, we're obviously getting a special player here in Connor Bedard and we're also getting a really uh, special person. So I think that's really notable and for how well he handled himself and handled this pressure and uh, all the buzz that's been around him for, you know, the last year now, it really feels like he has the makeup, he has the mindset and the demeanor to handle all this pressure that's going to come with being the top overall selection and being considered a generational talent. So um, I think he can handle the expectations. I think he has that type of personality and mindset. And I also think the only expectations that he really cares about are the expectations that he puts on himself. And he puts those expectations at a pretty high level and he expects to succeed there. So I really do think all around, not just the hockey, uh, the stuff on the ice, but the complete package that comes with Connor Bedard. I really do think he's everything that you want with a top overall selection. And uh, I'm super stoked to see him get in action at the United center later on this fall, of course. Um, and just to see how excited he was getting selected first overall, you could tell that he really did want to come to the Blackhawks an original six franchise. Of course, he mentioned the fan base, the great fans here in Chicago, how passionate they are about their teams mentioned how rowdy and how much the United center used to buzz back when the Blackhawks were in their golden era and won three cups in five years. So it did seem like a, a match made in heaven seemed like Connor Bedard really did want to come here. I love the excitement. I love the humility, I love the just the uh, the calmness and just how he's not overly cocky for being someone with his skill set. I really do like everything that comes with Connor Bedard as the number one overall pick. As far as how getting Bedard affects the Blackhawks rebuild, this is something that many people have asked me. Obviously, uh, in terms of the bigger picture, the hardest box to kind of cross off in a full-scale rebuild since, well, you can tank as much as you want. It truthfully does all come on down to a lottery. Thankfully, we ended up winning that draft lottery, um, but checking off that generational talent box is such a big leap for the Chicago Blackhawks, and it now solidifies their, their cornerstone piece, solidifies their foundation that you need to be a contender in the modern-day NHL. So that's a really big box that the Blackhawks have been able to check off. As far as what we're going to see out of Bedard next season, I, I think um, the expectation 100% should be and fairly is for him to be in the NHL right out of the gate. Uh, I expect the Blackhawks are going to give him very meaningful opportunities. I'm sure it's going to be inside the top six. 
if I had to guess, he'll probably be centering the first line for the Blackhawks on opening night with, you know, maybe Taylor Hall, Andreas Athanasiu, Lucas Reichel, a lot of good players who can play at that high pace and can help counter Bedard develop. I think they're going to give him every opportunity in the world to succeed. Power play one minutes, top six ice time. Um, I think that's really what they're going to want to do. And by the way, general manager Kyle Davidson did mention yesterday that he fully expects Connor Bedard to be a center at the NHL level. That's kind of been one little concern as well. Is he big enough? Is he responsible defensively enough in order to be a center at this level? Will he be a good enough faceoff man? Sounds like Kyle Davidson doesn't have the same concern that some other people out there do and expect Bedard to be playing at center for the Blackhawks next season. Uh, as far as the expectations, look, I personally don't like giving knee-jerk reactions and projections at this time of the year, but I've said in the past, if Connor Bedard can score, maybe I'm lowballing it here, but again, who knows? The kid's still 17, only going to be 18. If he scores 25 to 30 goals and puts up 60 or more points, I'm going to be ecstatic with his first year. Anything above that is going to be gravy. I know there have been some people expect saying, uh, they expect him to score 40. I'm not going to go that high, but I do think Connor Bedard has the game to make an impact right away, Blackhawks fans, because look at what he's done again at every level. Last year, as a 17-year-old for the Regina Pats, tallied 143 points in 53 games. 71 goals, 72 assists in 53 games. And then, excuse me, in 57 games, still an unbelievable points per game clip. And then, uh, in the wintertime, there was some debate going on as to whether Adam Fantilli could wind up being the top overall selection. Well, Bedard shut those questions down in a hurry with his performance at the U-20 World Juniors. Again, a tournament designed for 18 and 19-year-olds. He was 17 and by far the best and most talented player in that tournament. One MVP, 23 points in seven games, nine goals and 14 assists. I mean, the kid is simply unbelievable. So I think the expectations are realistic when you say he could be an impact player for the Blackhawks immediately next season. They're going to put him in a position to succeed. They're going to give him help. That was a big signing by Taylor Hall. I expect him to be on the top line with Reichel right out of the gate. And I think he's going to get all the opportunities in the world on the power play. So he really does have the potential in his first year to be an impact player and also moving forward to be a star in this league, to be the MVP, to be the best player in the world. The sky truly is the limit with the uh, with the abilities that Connor Bedard possesses. And I couldn't be more stoked to just sit back and watch it all unfold here over uh, hopefully the next decade or two. Connor Bedard officially coming to Chicago. They made it official yesterday, June 28th, 2023, a day that could go down in Blackhawks history. All right, Hawks fans, don't go anywhere because we got more stuff, more good stuff to break down here on the show. Coming up in just a minute, I will get into Kyle Davidson stealing, stealing Oliver Moore with the 19th overall pick. But first, I need to talk to you all about Athletic Greens. Oh, boy. Yeah, Athletic Greens and their new AG1 product, which is something that I actually use every single morning because with just one scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and more to help you start your day. And this special blend of ingredients really is incredible. It helps support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, your focus, and even your aging. And Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews and is recommended by both 
health experts, and professional athletes. Plus, it'll only cost you $3 per day, which is just such a cheap and easy way to invest in both your health and your body. And to make it easy for all of you right now, Athletic Greens is going to give a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and to pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Real quick, just a reminder for those of you who are still tuned into today's episode and not subscribed to the YouTube channel, uh, what are you doing? Please make sure to go and smash that subscribe button. I'm having breakdowns on day one of the NHL draft, day two, the latest Chicago Blackhawks trades that they've made here on day two. A lot of good stuff on the YouTube channel. Make sure to hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. I'm currently on the road to a thousand subscribers. I'm starting to get really close. Has me pretty giddy. So if you could do me a huge favor, it only takes two seconds and won't cost you anything. Go and hit that subscribe button. I'd greatly appreciate it. Would love to hit a thousand subscribers here over the 4th of July weekend. All right, segment two. Not only did the Blackhawks, of course, have the first overall selection in the 2023 NHL draft, but they also own the rights to the 19th overall pick as well. And uh, over the last few months, I had broken down, you know, numerous amounts of prospects right here on the show and discussed which ones I liked the most. And then on Tuesday, I gave my final top 32 rankings Um, and kind of had everything sorted out based on the prospects that I thought were going to be available or at least had a good chance of being available at number 19, assuming the Blackhawks were going to stay put, of course, with the 19th pick. And by the way, that's what ended up happening because uh, zero trades went down during day one of the 2023 NHL draft. And I had mentioned a couple of times recently how there just weren't a lot of willing suitors wanting to drop back considering how deep this year's draft class is. And I also heard that basically every team had a pool of, you know, two or three guys that they really liked. And most of them had the opportunity to take those players. So they just didn't want to pass up on that opportunity. And I truthfully can't blame them with this draft class having so much talent, which was abundantly clear when I broke down all of these prospects. I mean, a lot of these guys would have been top 10 picks in any other year. So, um, but that's what made it fun. That's what made it interesting. That's what made the first round such a wild ride. But never in a million years, Blackhawks fans, never in a million years, go and watch all of my videos. I never even talked about Oliver Moore because I literally never thought that he would get all the way down to number 19. And same with most draft scouts and draft websites and all that stuff. I mean, a majority of them had Oliver Moore ranked somewhere between number seven and number 15. And during my top 32 rankings that I gave out, I had Oliver Moore come in at number nine, by the way. But I did mention that it really feels like he could go anywhere from number five or number six through number 15. But I never considered that he'd get there at number 19. That's why the whole time when I'm going through my top five favorites, it was Colby Barlow, um, Nate Danielson, 
Matthew, Gabe Perot, Matthew Wood, and Samuel Hanzek. Those were the five that I gave out. Well, three of those guys, by the way, didn't make it to number 19. Um, but I never imagined that Oliver Moore was going to make it there. Just an absolute crazy drop from him. And this could turn out to be the steal of the draft for the Chicago Blackhawks. Not only did they come away with the top overall player in this loaded draft and Connor Bedard, but I personally also believe, along with many others, that they got a top 10 pick as well at number 19 because Oliver Moore is the best skater in this year's draft class. Speed, glorious speed is the name of his game. He can absolutely fly out there. And how about this, Blackhawks fans? Elite prospects said that Oliver Moore, in all of their years covering prospects, is the fastest skater they've ever seen. Take a second to think about that. The fastest skater they've ever seen in their history. That's what Oliver Moore brings to the table. And that's obviously what the Blackhawks have been wanting to add at their forward group since Kyle Davidson has taken over. We heard him say it publicly. We heard Mike Donahue say it publicly. They've been trying to add speed for quite a while, and it's no secret. Let's look at their last handful of first-round picks. Kevin Korchinski, the, truthfully the best skating defenseman that I've really ever seen in person. Frank Nazar can absolutely buzz out there, really high-end skating ability. Sam Renzel is known as a swift skater for being six foot three, six foot four. Then they take Connor Bedard, who, you know, isn't considered the best skater in this year's draft, but certainly has the ability to keep up. And then they go and take Oliver Moore at number 19. This Blackhawks team is shaping up in a couple of years to be absolutely dynamic and at all positions are going to be able to skate at a really high level. And that has me absolutely excited. And I'm really here about it. Uh, the only reasons I could think of that Oliver Moore fell all the way down to number 19 is because he is a little bit smaller compared to some of the other prospects that are around at uh, five foot 11, 175. I've seen him listed at 185 as well. Um, but with just a lot of some, some bigger players, such as Matthew Wood, Samuel Hanzak, Colby Barlow, who I really liked and ended up going at number 18 right before them. Um, there were a lot of just, just bigger players who maybe some teams think have a little bit higher of an offensive upside because when looking at Oliver Moore, the, the most notable comparable and the one that's been thrown out there a bunch has been Dylan Larkin. And I think that's really fair. And when you look at Larkin's numbers, you know, he's kind of a guy that I personally believe is going to top out as a point per game player, but he's able to make an impact all over the ice because of his skating ability. And I think that's pretty much what Oliver Moore is going to be at the NHL level as well. I think he can be someone who's, you know, a 25 to 30 goal scorer, add 40 to 45 assists, be a 70 to 80 point per uh, point guy in a, in a full season, but he's going to make an impact in all three zones. He uses that speed and also has a really solid compete level to make an impact on the defensive side of things. He can get up and down in a hurry defensively responsible, engaged in the corners. There's a lot to like here with Oliver Moore. And I've heard people say, you know, while he might not be the offensive player that some of the guys from the United States development program may be, such as a Gabe Perot or a, a Will Smith or Ryan Leonard, he could impact the game just as much as everyone with the way that he does it in all three zones. So I think it's a really smart addition here to the Blackhawks forward group, along with Connor Bedard. There's just 
a ton of upside because of the speed that Oliver Moore presents. The sky really is the limit, and I'm super excited to see him develop these next couple of years as well. By the way, he's going to be a freshman at the University of Minnesota this upcoming season. He's going to be a golden gopher alongside fellow Hawks first-round pick Sam Renzel in the fall, so that will be a super fun team to keep an eye on. But I'm really stoked about the Blackhawks adding some depth to uh, the center position. They obviously have Bedard there. Frank Nazar is a center, and so is Oliver Moore. All three of them can absolutely get up the ice in a hurry. And by the way, Chief Scout Mike Donahue was asked if the Blackhawks are concerned about, you know, having some smaller forwards in their system. Nazar, Bedard, and Moore all aren't the biggest. Mike Donahue said he doesn't have any worries whatsoever. And I think with the skating ability, and I'm sure Kyle Davidson is going to round out this forward group with more players with some size. I don't have any concerns either. I think at number one and number 19, the Blackhawks got two really awesome upside players. I'm excited to watch both of them develop these next few seasons. All right, folks, coming up in just a moment here, I'm going to recap my final thoughts from day one of the 2023 NHL draft, and I'll also go over my biggest winners and my biggest losers. All right, folks, before I wrap up today's show, I do want to let you all know about the giveaway that I'm doing right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Help me out. I'm currently on the quest to reach 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. And once I do reach that goal, I'll be having a giveaway right here on the channel. And all you need to do to enter is one, subscribe to Locked On Blackhawks on YouTube. Two, follow Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram. And three, just send me a quick DM at Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram with just a screenshot that shows you're subscribed to the channel. And I've also just posted pictures of some of the things that will be involved in the giveaway on my Lockdown Blackhawks Instagram account. And the lucky winner will be able to select one item of their choosing. So make sure to do that real, fa- real fast to help grow the channel. And I greatly appreciate all of your support. All right, getting into some of my final thoughts and final takeaways from the 2023 NHL draft. Unfortunately, there wasn't as much chaos as I imagined because there were no trades in the first round of the draft. So us as fans kind of lost out on that one a little bit. But I did still think it was a very interesting shakedown of everything. And quite honestly, not to toot my own horn here, again, I said on the show, I don't claim to be an expert or a draft analyst or a scout or anything, but my my rankings didn't end up doing all that bad for the most part. I had a lot of guys going right in those similar bucket ranges, Matthew Wood, Hanzek. Um, there, there were just a lot of players inside the top 20 that I had going in those similar ranges. So it worked out pretty decently um, for me, but I did want to get into some of the biggest winners and the biggest losers uh, from this whole thing. I thought as far as winners go, I'm not just saying this because I'm the host of the show. The Chicago Blackhawks won this draft, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, an unbelievable day one. I mentioned not only did they get the best player in this loaded 2023 NHL draft, but they also added the best skater as well. Someone who I and lots of folks out there had as a top 10 pick. Never in a million years did I think that the Blackhawks were going to get him at number 19. And neither did Kyle Davidson. He said he wasn't even considering it. He wasn't even really thinking Oliver Moore was going to get there. They were stunned by him falling that far, falling right into their laps. And I couldn't be happier. It's a perfect addition to this forward group and a perfect center to kind of 
add to their depth uh, for many different reasons that I just went over. I love the pick of Oliver Moore. I really do truthfully without bias think the Chicago Blackhawks are the winners of day one. I also think the Philadelphia Flyers came away with some really good picks. Obviously at number seven, they get Madve Michkov, who I had ranked at number four, but because of some concerns with his three-year deal that he has signed with uh, over in Russia, some teams just didn't want to wait for him to come over to North America. And there's also that concern about, well, will he ever come over to North America? You never really know with the Russian prospects, but for the Flyers to get a player with that upside at number seven, uh, I thought that was a really good pick. Oliver Bonk, I thought was a little bit of a reach, but getting, getting Mitchkov at number seven is unbelievable value. I don't care if they have to wait. The Flyers can afford to do that. Uh, th- this was a, a home run for them at number seven. I also have the Columbus Blue Jackets. Anytime you're getting Adam Fantilli at number three, I mean, my, oh my folks, a guy that I had penciled in as the number one pick in basically any other year, except this one winds up going third overall, really good addition for the Columbus Blue Jackets to their forward prospect pool. Kent Johnson, another Michigan boy, obviously they have as well as a high end first round pick. Adam Fantilli at three, passing on him was certainly an interesting decision. I like Leo Carlson, and I ranked him number three, but never in a million years would I have chosen him over Fantilli. Now, that's just me personally, but I was really uh, confused by that decision. I also think the Buffalo Sabres coming away with Zach Benson at number 13 was really solid value as well. I had Benson ranked as the seventh best player in this year's draft class. I know there are some concerns about the size, but basically everything else he does really well, and Uh, I think that's a really high-end player that the Sabres are adding to their pool and someone who could be a very dynamic playmaker around Tage Thompson over there moving forward. The New York Rangers also getting Gabe Perot at number 23. I mean, come on. I don't know how he fell that hard either. Uh, I had Perot personally ranked 12th, and I knew the Blackhawks were between either Oliver Moore or Gabe Perot at number 19. Neither of them deserve to slip that hard. Just with the skating that Oliver Moore presents, I understand certainly why the Blackhawks went in that direction over Perot. But there's a lot to like with Gabriel as well. Lots of creativity, playmaking, good shot. High offensive octane, really solid pick by the Rangers at 23. Uh, I also like the Detroit Red Wings adding Axel Sandin Palika uh, with the 13th overall pick. Stevie Y always loves to go in different directions. Um, I, I thought that the Detroit Red Wings sadly had a really solid draft. I also think the Colorado Avalanche continued to just do good things. They took Mikhail Gulyayev, one of my favorite names in this year's draft. They also flipped Alex Newhook for Ross Colton in a a first round pick. So I think the Colorado Avalanche just continue to do good things. Good value pick in uh, Gulyayev, by the way. As far as the losers go, I think first and foremost, uh, it has to be the Arizona Coyotes. I mean, I, I was really left scratching my head by their decisions. Going with Dmitry Simashev at number six, I had him. I know a lot of people did and are high on Dmitry Simashev. I, I think they could have gotten him at number 12 personally. Um, I had him ranked number 24 to see him go at six was certainly a little bit of a shocker. And I also didn't have Daniil boot ranked inside my top 32. I was not that impressed when I broke him down right here on the channel. They of course took him with the 12th overall selection, a couple of interesting decisions made by the Arizona coyotes. I also think Carey price has to be one of the biggest losers from the draft. Absolutely butchering, uh, the fifth overall pick. Couldn't pronounce David Reinbacher's last name, which is a a little bit of a shame for him, but will go down as a funny moment, I'm sure, 
years in the future. Uh, I also think the Anaheim Ducks are kind of losers while they do still come away with a great prospect. Make no mistake about it. I'm not dogging uh, Leo Carlson here, but passing up on Adam Fantilli, it's just something you don't do, I personally believe. And then I also thought the, the Toronto Maple Leafs, I know they only have that pick, number 28, no second, no third, no fourth. But to take Easton Cohen, someone who a lot of people had as like a late second, maybe even an early third round pick, to get him in the first round, again, they got their guy, I'm sure, but time will tell. I personally think it, it was a mega reach, not that they had much of a choice, but yeah, I think those teams were the clear-cut losers, the clearest winners in my book, the Chicago Blackhawks, the Philadelphia Flyers, the Columbus Blue Jackets, and the Buffalo Sabres all, excuse me, got ridiculous values with their picks on day one of the 2023 NHL draft. All right, folks, I think that's going to wrap up Thursday, June 28th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. As always, thank you all again for tuning into the show and be sure to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks right now, wherever you may be listening to your podcast and go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. And that way you can get the latest episode as soon as it becomes available each and every day. As always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Check me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman too. Or you could also go and check out my strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, that's going to do it here for the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.